With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Dead Man Talking. Tonight's story is a seven-part mini-series from a wonderful author, once again working with ourselves by the name of So Lonely 200. You may well remember their work from the Super Soldier Project story that I covered uh, about two months back or so. Uh, absolutely riveting and intense. There's a slight nod to the uh, cryptid within that story as well in tonight's mini-series, so keep an ear out for that. As ever, please do let us know down below in the comments what you thought. Please do like and share, it really does help build the channel and our community further. And of course, don't forget to hashtag Team Fear. Without further ado, let's get into tonight's story, entitled... A guide from a monster hunter. Let's get straight into that. Hello, the name's Ulysses, and I hunt monsters for the government. And I don't mean people. Vampires, zombies, demons, werewolves, hell, even a wendigo. You name it, I've encountered it. Anyway... A little background on me. I was born in the bayous of Louisiana. I hunted gators most of my life, and then the government comes and they say, Ulysses, we want you to work for us hunting monsters. Can't say I blame them. I'm the best damn gator hunter in Louisiana, and I guess they figured I'd be pretty good at that too. I won't say how much I'm paid, but it's a hell of a lot more than any gator will back me. Now. Without further delay, I begin my survival guide to monsters. Let's begin with the basics, shall we? Vampires. I want you to take any stereotypical vampire and ditch everything you know. While it's true the bastards hate sunlight, they aren't killed by it, and they don't give a damn about crosses or coffins. A real vampire is usually between six or seven feet tall. They have teeth like a beaver, almost big and sharp, and they are nocturnal, and when they aren't active during the day, 
They roam caves and underground areas like sewers. And they aren't like Dracula. They aren't, nor were they ever, human. They're pale and look sort of like Gollum from Lord of the Rings. They're primal bloodsuckers, and trust me, a vampire feeding is never as clean as a bite to the neck. They hate sunlight not because it hurts them, but because they lurk in caves and other dark places their whole lives. Speaking of which, they usually live anywhere from 20 to 40 years. They usually prey on animals, but will attack humans if they're in their territory. They live in dens like wolves. A good sign a vampire den is nearby is there will be no life in a cave. No insects, bats or plants. Nothing. The only way to kill them is destroying the head. Moving on. Zombies. Now, admittedly, these fellas are pretty close to what you think. Shambling corpses, hungry for flesh. But they're pretty harmless. I mean, they are walking corpses. They can barely bite. Belly, if they break the skin, disinfecting the wound should be enough. I've been bitten a few times, so I know. Not much to say on them, really. Avoid the teeth. Oh, one more thing. The whole headshot thing is total bullshit. The only way to put them down for good is to dismemberment or fire. And being bitten doesn't mean you'll turn. Zombies aren't what happens when some idiot kids play with a Ouija board in a graveyard. Spirits lodge themselves in corpses. Anyway, that's my guess. Moving on. Werewolves. Werewolves are just as mean as they are in the movies. However, they're bigger than they are in the movies. In all reality, they're about 12 feet tall and not friendly. Full moons are a myth, kinda. They turn during these scenarios. A full moon, a lunar eclipse, and the blood moon. But the transformation lasts about a week, not a single night, and there's no talking to the person inside. That's a good way to get killed. Lycanthropy is not transmitted through bites. In fact, it's genetic. It's rarely passed down from generation, and they're pretty rare indeed. Also, kids with lycanthropy are like six-feet-tall puppies. Just a FYI, a werewolf can be stopped by two methods. The simplest is a bullet to the head. No need for silver. Method two is the cure. Stopping the beast from feeding for the entirety of the transformation will cure them of their status as a werewolf. Also, women can be carriers of the gene, but they cannot become werewolves themselves. Again, do not try that shit about, I know you're in there somewhere. It won't work. Demons. Okay, so everything you know is pretty accurate for these guys. They're otherworldly entities, and evil as they get. Some are true monsters. Others are Saturday morning cartoon villain kind of evil. I have performed exorcisms, and if need be, I've had to burn a few people at the stake to save their souls. Not much to say here, so I'll move on. Sasquatch. The big one. Old Bigfoot. It's like a cross between a grizzly and a gorilla. 800 pounds of hair and bad attitude. I've only ever killed one. I've encountered them a few dozen times. They had hands like a fist of razor blades. Do not approach a Sasquatch. And for God's sakes, don't shoot it. You'll just piss it off. They stick to themselves most times and live in the northwest. Chubacabra. 
Remember how I described the vampires? This is their canine cousin. They're not very friendly and sometimes can be found living in the same dens as vampires. They can be tamed, but I wouldn't recommend trying it. The average chupacabra is about the size of a German shepherd. They have no hair or pigment and they can bite as hard as any gator I've encountered. A shotgun can put them down though. If you encounter a pack of them, stick your head between your legs and kiss your ass goodbye. The Devil I met old Scratch a few years back. He's actually not a bad guy. I mean, he is the prince of lies and darkness and evil and all of that shit. But he doesn't make deals for souls or anything. Really, he just kind of floats around existence, tempting people to sin, cheating on their spouses, murder, endorsing New Jersey, etc. He doesn't care for it, mind you. It's just the influence his presence has. He typically takes the form of a middle-aged man, handsome, in a black suit with a red undershirt, black tie and vest. He might also take the form of a woman in blood-red dress. The easiest way to tell the devil is no matter what form he takes, he has a scar on his left hand, a snake tattoo on his forearm and burn scars on his back. He doesn't even try tempting me anymore. I think he sees me like a therapist. When he's off the clock, so to speak, he's just kind of depressed. The demons do all the possession and stuff, and he just kind of wants to be rid of it all. Anyway, that's all I've got time for now. These are just some of the basics, so you know what to do if you encounter one of these guys. Edit. Ulysses here. Just figured out I'd ask if there are any creatures or monsters you were curious on. Let me know, and if I've encountered it, I'll include it in part two of this guide. A Guide from a Monster Hunter Part 2 Let's get straight into that. Hey everybody, Ulysses here. And if you're here from the first part, welcome to part 2 of my little survival guide. This time, I'll be covering some of the lesser known creatures and monsters I've dealt with. Urban legends will also be addressed. And so here we go with my guide to facing down life's shit shows. Skinwalkers. Ah, the shape-shifting assholes love to inhabit the western parts of the states. They usually take on the form of a wolf or jackal with a human face. They can mimic any voice, and I think they read minds too. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. 
No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. One once imitated my mum to fuck with me. The bullets I put in its head didn't do more than stun him, but they hate Rout Iron. I know that because I impound him with one. He didn't get back up. I'm saying he, due to the fact it had a man's face. Anyway, they seem to be vulnerable to Rout Iron. Moving on. Wendigos. Skinwalkers and Wendigo are often confused with each other from a perspective of culture, but they're distinctly different. Wendigos are actually similar to real vampires in appearance, pale, gangly, big teeth, but the head is misshapen and resembles a deer or cow skull with antlers. They had a mane of black hair down their backs and fingers with claws like switchblades. They're loners and eat flesh. They prey on campers in the northeastern US. Unlike vampires, bullets won't put these guys down. No, you need to destroy their heart and burn the body. They're also fast as fuck. So yeah, good luck if you encounter one of these fellas. The Jersey Devil Okay, so this is a thing I couldn't kill, but I did manage to catch, and it's currently held by the government in a private facility. Head of a horse, feet of a goat, bat wings and a long forked tail. This asshole has been terrorising the Pine Barrens of New Jersey for a few centuries now. Or had been. It took me two weeks to track it, but I finally trapped the bastard. Caught him using some bait of a freshly killed chicken and a snare. Shut off its wings and I tranked it. Ugly bastard. It's currently holed up somewhere in Nevada. If he does get out, I'll track him again. And I might not let it go this time. Capas. For those of you who don't know, capas are sort of like turtles. They're famously a part of Japanese folklore, but they showed up here too. They look like turtles, but have some kind of growth on their heads that holds water. If it ever dries, they die. Mostly due to the gills being located there. They're mostly friendly, but they can be twisted little bastards too. They've drowned more than a few people, even tried to do that to me. Luckily, they aren't that strong. On land, if you see them, watch yourself and stay out of the water. You should be fine. Trolls. Trolls vary in appearance and can be any from two to five feet tall. They're in tribes, a lot like primitive people. They're ugly little fellas, covered in warts and have jagged crooked teeth. They like to stay away from humans, however, and this isn't always the case. If approached with honest intention, they'll leave you be. However, they can sense it when you lie and will attack and kill those who try to trick them. They'll then eat the body of the victim and use their bones to make spears and items like vases, bowls, etc. The only way to kill a troll is destroying their head completely. Ogres Shrek, they are not. These big fellas are about 12 feet tall, all the way to 18 feet tall. They do eat people. In fact, I reckon they're their favourite thing to eat for supper. But I'm getting off topic. Ogres live in swamps and bayous. They make their homes out of large rotted trees. An ogre in an area is usually signified by the smell of rotted meat and shit. They're big and scaly and have teeth the size of a steak knife. They're usually green, blue or purple scowled, but this does vary by the area. Do not approach an ogre den. They will kill 
any trespassers on sight. Banshees. The loud ladies are some of the nastiest and most evil creatures. They can kill you if you're in earshot of their scream. Well, kinda. If you hear their scream, know it uh, when you're sleeping. They'll creep in your house like a mist and suck the life from your rusting body. It'll look like a heart attack. Banshees hate mirrors. I don't know why, but they do. And they only come if you hear them scream. If you don't, for whatever reason, but were still in earshot, then it won't realise you were in earshot. They also love kidnapping children. Banshees can be killed, but only through live burial or cutting out their hearts. Don't try to fight them. If you heard their scream, it's too late. The Men in Black The Men in Black aren't humans. They are something else. I'm not quite sure what. I do know that their suits aren't suits. That's their skin. And their sunglasses cover hollow sockets. The little beady red eyes in the centre of the sockets. I think they're from another planet, honestly. They don't like being called out on it and turn pretty hostile when confronted. I killed one before, but the rest have a way of cheating death. Bullets are pretty effective to stopping them. But decapitation seems to work best. The government don't like them and have a kill-on-sight order placed on them. Now, I'd like to change pace. I figured you'd like to hear about one of my encounters. So, I'll tell you about my first run-in with a vampire. I heard about a bunch of animal attacks where the victims were drained of blood. All of the attacks were happening in a national park, and so I did some investigating. I pinpointed the location of each attack and made a map. Found all of them were near an old mine, and so I grabbed my gear and got to work. I lined the roof of the cave with explosives and went down, armed with a flashlight, a road flare, and my trusty pistol. I went down into the old cave, and wasn't long till I saw one of the ugly bastards. Not what I was expecting, honestly. Looked like a skinny, frail man with big teeth. It turned to me and hissed. I was spotted, naturally, and the rest started running towards the noise. I pulled out a flare and held it out towards the monsters. They all scrudled away from the flare. I ran out of the shaft and blew it shut. Unfortunately, one of them got out, and instead of turning to dust like I expected, he jumped on me. He started biting at my neck, but I stopped him by shoving a flashlight between my neck and his jaw. I kicked it away, and it jumped at me again. Before it could land... I blew its brains out. I grabbed a knife from the back of my truck. I grabbed a knife from the back of my truck and saw the bastard's head off. I figured it'd make a nice trophy. If you have any monsters you'd like covered, give me a shout. That's all I've got time for today. Till next time. This has been Ulysses. Watch yourselves. A Guide from a Monster Hunter, Part 3. Let's get straight into that. Ulysses here. Welcome to Chapter 3 of my little guidebook to life's ugliest truth. There are monsters in this world. Worst of all is the one we call man. But I'm not here to talk about human monsters 
as I'm sure you've already figured that out. I won't lie to you. I don't really know what to put in this section. We both know why you're here, so why put it off anymore? Goatman This ugly bastard and his kin could be found in Maryland. And yes, there is more than one. They're smarter than most monsters I've dealt with. They're capable of using axes. I have a pretty nasty scar from my running with the Goatman of Beltsville. I took his head after chopping off its head. And while I didn't see it anymore, I've heard of more sightings since I killed the fucker. So, I can only assume there's A. A copycat or B. More goat people. Either way, they're stronger than any man, but a simple decapitation seems to do the trick. Oh, and don't kick them in the groin. They don't like that. In fact, let me go off course for a second. I figured that Yao enjoyed my story about my vampire encounter. That you'd like to hear more about my work. So from now on, I'll be including a story about my experiences with each entry in this here guide. Sound good? Okay. Here's my story about the time I hunted the Goatman of Maryland. I was still new to the whole killing monsters thing, and to be honest I expected this goat man to be something like Scooby-Doo villain. I mean, half man, half goat? That's just stupid, right? When I got to Beltsville, I asked the locals about the goat man. Most of them passed it off as a ghost story, but some swore it was true. It was said to hunt in the woods near Fletchertown Road. I went out to the woods and... Thanks to me working for the government, closed it down. Then I set up traps all along the road, set up a stand in a nearby tree. I must have been up there for a few hours because I woke up by the sound of a bear trap snapping shut and then a roar like a pissed off gorilla. I grabbed my gun, went to the scene and sure enough, there he was, the goat man. He looked an awful lot like Bigfoot. He was around seven feet tall, covered in hair. He had the head of a goat, but with long, sharp teeth. With no effort, it seemed. He pulled himself free, he turned at me, and snarled. He raised his axe and swung it. I ducked just in time as it sunk into a tree with a loud thwack. I unloaded a clip into him, but I reckon that just pissed him off because he swatted me away like a fly. He grabbed his axe from the tree and came at me again. I rolled out of the way as the head of the weapon landed near mine. Using my man instincts, I kicked him right in the jewels. He showed no pain but looked pissed. He stumbled back for a bit, looking like a ram ready to charge. He did just that, and I shot him in the back of the head. I heard the large wood-cutting axe drop to the ground, and I dove for it. Grabbing it, it was way heavier than any axe I'd ever used. It wouldn't stop me, though. I swung it and heard a thud. Two, actually. As the goat man's head fell into my lap, I breathed a sigh of relief. Guess it wasn't a hoax, after all. I threw the ugly bastard's head into the back of my truck and radioed him for the pickup of the body. It's currently stuffed on my wall, in case any of y'all were wondering. Anyway, on to the next ugly. Sirens. Now, admittedly, I've only ever encountered a few of these ladies. They aren't just sea creatures either. They're more like a stereotypical vampire. They lure men in before showing what they really are 
and dragging them into the deep. Underneath the beautiful exterior is one ugly motherfucker. Because, basically, she has all the teeth of an angler fish and the face of one too. However, just like with the Goatman, a simple decapitation will kill him. My first time seeing one of them was down in Louisiana. I was in New Orleans investigating a bunch of dead bodies washing up on the beach. They all had chunks bitten out of them, but first I chopped it up to be sharks or maybe even a gator. But the bite marks were too spread out for either. Too clean, too. Did some digging. Found out all of the victims loved them some women of the night, if you know what I mean. Started investigating every brothel and whorehouse in the Big Easy. I pinned a siren down to a specific one. Owned by a Madame de Sade. My only problem is, this wasn't just a brothel. And there wasn't one siren. It was a siren den. They'd lure these poor bastards in. Their brothel was near the water. And so, it was a perfect honey trap. Yes, I'm looking for some fun, if you know what I mean. I said to a pretty young receptionist. She winked and said, Sure thing, honey. She led me to the back and I was hit with a wave of perfume. I was greeted by a brunette with green eyes. Maddie here will take care of you. It was as if I was being pulled into the room, that the smell became clearer. It wasn't perfume, it was sea salt. She smiled at me and pulled me close. You're so cute, I could just eat you. Eat you up, she whispered into my ear. Then she tried to surprise me and bite at my neck with those huge teeth. I pushed her away, gun to her chin. Nice try, sweetheart. And pulled the trigger. Just then the smell of dead people, dead fish and seawater all at once filled the room. I damn near puked. The others kicked in the door. Damn you ladies were a whole lot prettier a few minutes ago, I said. The venom in my voice filling the air. Dinner time, girls who I could only guess was the reception, screeched out at that ugly mug of hers. Eat this, you ugly bitches, I said, pulling a sword-off shotgun strapped to my thigh out of its holster. I blew the first who came at me across the room with a shot. I punched the next and used the butt of the gun to knock out the third. The last two looked at each other. One turned to me, saying with a voice like broken glass and sandpaper, You're not supposed to fight back. Why are our voices working? I pulled out an earplug. Gotta love him, I said, smirking as I reloaded a gun. I let loose two more shots, splattering their heads on the wall behind him. Looking at the rest, who were all still breathing with the exception of the first one I killed, I sighed, pulled out my hunting knife. I really hate to have to dull this blade. I got to work, sawing off their heads, knocking them back out if they woke up. Before you ask, I ran out of bullets. Thought there'd be only one siren, not six. I'd be the smartass here, and I'd appreciate it if you'd just let me do my thing. I would include more monsters, but I felt like I should tell you folks about this. The devil came to me yesterday. It went something like this. Hello, Ulysses, a smooth voice said as I drank at the bar. I turned and saw a beautiful woman in a blood-red dress. Her left hand had a burn scar, and a snake tattoo wrapped itself up her left forearm. I noticed the thing seemed to move as she sat beside me. What you want, Nicole? I said, 
using the name the devil used as a female. Play on his old Nick name. At least that's my guess. She ordered a Bloody Mary and gave me a smile. I would say it could send a chill down my spine at the devil himself. But, well, it is the devil. Oh, come on. I just want to talk. I snorted in response. Don't you have a baby to eat or something? I took a sip of my whiskey. Don't be cruel. We both know that's not my style, Ulysses. Besides, Dad would never allow it, she said, pointing to the ceiling. I noticed her face was ever-shifting and her eyes were as black as night. What do you want? I asked again, getting impatient. Fine, I'm here to tell you to stop what you're doing. I turned to her and said, And why the hell would I do that? Oh, you mortals, you're so naive. It's cute. Do you really think the people you work for will let you just leave when you're done? I know a thing or two about betrayal. She grabbed me by the hand and placed it on her back. I felt the scars on her back. I would have pulled away, but she was inhumanly strong. I like you, Ulysses. You're the only person who gets me. I'm just trying to help you is all. Do you really think you're working for the government? No, no. Your bosses are a lot older than that. She stirred her drink with a finger, causing it to slightly ignite. Thanks, Beetle bitch, but I don't need your help. She sighed and said, Fine. Standing up, she walked to the door. I smelled fire as she left out the door. I paid my tab and stood up. How'd she know? I was thinking about leaving this job behind. And what if she was right? I mean, the government was going through all this trouble to cover up these things. Why'd they ever let me walk away? This morning I woke up and there was a number burned into my arm. It didn't hurt, but it was there. A phone number. I knew this was the work of the devil. Well... Why were they trying to help me? What was the bitch up to? It doesn't matter. I'm sorry. I didn't have as much to tell you about with the monsters. I've had a lot to think about. There is a zombie case the next town over. So, I'll probably let you guys know. And so, I'll probably let you... And so, I'll probably let you guys know how that goes. Oh, one more thing. I found a letter in my glove box. Don't listen to Satan. We're, and more specifically, I am who you listen to. And you do well not to deal with the devil. L. I'll keep you updated on this and have more tips to keep you alive. Until then, though, Ulysses out. A Guide from a Monster Hunter Part 4 Let's get straight into that. Ulysses here. Sorry about the late upload. This time out, I'm going to cut out descriptions and tell you all about my latest case because boy, even for my line of work, it's a doozy. If you remember, I told you about a zombie case I was going to investigate. Well, it wasn't no zombie. It was a skinwalker, or rather, a pack of them. 
Shape-shifting arseholes took the form of typical zombies, vampires, etc. to hunt prey. Can't really say why. Their usual form usually serves them fine. I'm not going to go into detail about how I tracked them down or figured out why or what was really going on because that's not important right now. Long story short, I found their nest. Usual affair as far as skinnies go. Bones and the smell of dead meat. Skinwalker nests are usually made from the fur, flesh, tendons, bones, etc. All woven together in cave systems. But again, I wasn't too phased by any of this at that point. It was what I found that threw me off. There were dozens of corpses. Skinwalker corpses. Another hunter, maybe? Then I noticed the slashes. What the... I kneeled down. No normal animal can take down a pack of skinwalkers. These things were apex predators. So what happened to them? I felt sick to my stomach. Skinwalkers weren't killed easily. I know that from experience. So that meant something else was in these woods. Night was already starting to fall and I was miles from any road or city. Hell, my truck was a few hours hike from me. I pulled out some jerky, ate a piece and got to work setting up a makeshift camp. A fire wouldn't be necessary for warmth, but I didn't want to risk whatever killed them coming for me. Hopefully, it would stay away from the light. I wouldn't be getting any sleep that night, or rather, I couldn't. Too risky. I stoked the fire a bit. I heard a voice behind me. Someone's on edge. I turned around and there he stood once again. The devil. The fuck? You have anything to do with that? I gestured to the cave. He, taking the form of an old park ranger, shook his head. Nope, not me. He pulled out a cigarette and lit it with the index finger on the scarred hand. Figured you could use the company took a drag of the smoke and exhaled. Never did much care for these. The taste reminds me of home, though, he muttered, the fire reflecting off the dark sunglasses he wore. Why are you here, Nick? He smiled. Can't I check in on old friends? We both know you and I aren't friends, I replied, listening to the fire pop. Touché. If I'm honest, I've got nothing else going on. It is a Tuesday, Not much temptation to do during Tuesdays. He sat down, and I looked up. So you're going to bother me? Now where's that famous southern hospitality? Didn't they teach you manners in the bayou? Yeah, but they also taught us not to fuck with the devil. Well, that's fair. I just wanted to earn you about the crier. The what? I looked up, and he was gone. The fuck? Before I could react, I was thrown down by what felt like razors. I looked up and saw a really tall thing. It wasn't like any monster I'd ever seen. It was dark, but I'll give you the best description I can. It was probably eight feet tall. It stood up like a man, and it had no eyes. Just a large gaping mouth with more teeth than a chainsaw. It had four arms with two, I think, coming out of its back. Each arm had a razor-sharp claws with four fingers on each. I could feel the blood gushing from the wound it gave me. What in the fuck are you? I said, ignoring the blood in my mouth from the impact. It let out a roar. I think it was a roar, but it sounded like a baby crying. 
I wasn't armed, so I had no choice but to run. It was pitch black, and all I had was a flashlight. I could hear it running after me, that damn crying sound behind me. I ducked behind a tree to catch my breath. What the fuck was that thing? I knew it was what killed the skinwalkers, but what the fuck was it? The wound on my chest had soaked my shirt in blood, and I could barely move, but I had to keep moving. That thing was going to find me, and I didn't much fancy being tomorrow's leftovers, or I would have kept moving. But my wounds, and generally how tired I was, wouldn't allow for it. I spent the rest of the night sitting in darkness, having lost my flashlight during my run from the thing I could only guess was the crier. I heard the sound of it crying the whole night, but luckily I didn't run into it anymore. Well, not before daybreak. I made it to my truck around 9am, several hours later, and just as I did, I heard the crying again. I grabbed my shotgun from the back of my truck and readied myself. Everything hurt. Everything. But I wouldn't go down without a fight. It crawled down from a tree, like a spider, in front of me. It swiped at me, and I moved. I kind of regret that, looking at the huge slashes in my truck's door. But, back to the story. I shot it in the mouth, but all that did was stun it. I ran to my truck and cranked it up. I floored the pedal as the ugly bastard gave chase. Eventually, it gave up and fled into the woods, but not before fucking my truck up real good. I'm in the hospital now, and luckily, they let me keep my phone. I told my superiors about my encounter, and they said they didn't have any record of anything like that. So what the fuck is in those woods, and why is it just now showing up? Did Satan have something to do with it? I couldn't be sure. If he did, why warn me about it? I'm leaving this hospital ASAP. I gave a cover story of a bear attack, and my bosses are sending in a team to hunt that thing. There's no chance in hell I'll be joining them. I'm no coward, but I've always said there's a fine line between bravery and stupidity. Anyway, that's all for now. Ulysses, out. A Guide from a Monster Hunter Part 5 Let's get straight into that. Hey everyone, Ulysses here. An update on my life and the situation I found myself in. The team that entered those woods in Hunter the Crier. They didn't come back out. At least, not all of them. They keep hinting at something bigger at work. I'm not sure what old Scratch is getting at. I'm in a motel in Bumblefuck Nowhere. It reminds me of my home, honestly. I haven't heard from my bosses in three days. I have a hunch about something in the area, but since I haven't had any new updates for you folks, I figured I'd share a story. So, after thinking about it, I figured I'd tell you the story of my first encounter with the Men in Black and the West Virginian Mothman. I had heard some stuff about the Mothman and the old ordnance works near Point Pleasant, West Virginia. I figured it was worth looking into, so I set out one night to the site. As I got closer to it in my beat-up truck, a black Cadillac with tinted windows began following me a few hundred feet behind me. I ignored it mostly, but when I stopped, at a point I judged suitable to hike the rest of the way, and so did it. Two men in black suits stepped out of the car. 
They had on fedoras and pitch black sunglasses. They were taller than me, about six six each. Their skin was pale, almost see through. Their lips were completely void of colour. Excuse me, sir. This is a restricted area. One said in an emotionless voice. The other nodded, grabbing my arm. I shook it loose and said, I work for the government, spitting a wad of tobacco in my jaw. The man who grabbed me's hand was cold and a little slimy. This is a restricted area, he repeated, stepping towards me. He got a little bit too close for comfort and grabbed me roughly. I responded with a punch right in his jaw. It hurt me more than him. Felt like punching a wall. I knocked off his glasses, though, and hat. His head was devoid of any hair, and his eyes were hollowed sockets with little red beadly eyes. They had a faint glow in the night, like lightning bugs. He said, in unison with the other man who stepped closer as well. You are trespassing on government property. Leave now! He shoved me into my truck, leaving a small dent in his wake. I took my revolver from my side and put it in his face. I don't know what the hell you are, but you have about five seconds to back off before I put a bullet between those beady eyes of yours. That was when that thing smiled, an inhumanly wide one. It got closer and I followed up on my threat. I put a bullet between its eyes, but it just sat up like fucking Michael Myers. The other one grabbed the gun and bent the barrel like a fucking cartoon. It pushed me down with enough force that I felt a rib crack. I quickly got in my truck and locked the door. They began rattling the handle and I knew they'd get in eventually. That's when I remembered my machete. Ever since, I got lost in the bayou a few years back. I kept a machete in my pocket on my roof of my truck. I grabbed the blade and opened the door with enough force to knock them both down. One of them stood up and I quickly cut that fucker's head off. The other cocked his head and spoke. This isn't over, Ulysses. Good evening. He turned and went back to his car, stopping only to retrieve his sunglasses. Breathing a sigh of relief, I got back on my original task. The dudes in the dark had almost made me forget why I was out here. On a bad leg from the run-in with the men, I hiked through the woods to what the locals called the TNT area. Placing some snares with the aid of a flashlight, I looked around in the trees. If the mothman is real, figures hit lurk in the trees. As I looked around, I noticed a pair of bright red orbs in the tree. Shining my light in their direction, they quickly vanished. As I heard the rustling of leaves like something moving through them, I heard something get snagged in my snare. I ran to the trap, but found whatever was trapped had been cut free. I felt an overwhelming wave of nausea, and I saw the orbs again. I shined my light up, and before I collapsed, I saw the Mothman. He was upside down like a bat, and had a head like, well, a moth. And it had bat-like wings, about eight feet across. It looked about six, maybe seven feet tall. I was really weak, and the nausea worsened. I got to my feet and drew my knife, and the Mothman responded by flying off. Next thing I knew, I was being grabbed and pulled into the air. It had feet like a cat, sort of. It had claws like a bird, but they weren't talons. It was similar to, as I said, a cat. I was 20 feet in the air at this point, and against my better judgment, in all honesty, I managed to stab its leg. It dropped me, screeching in pain. 
and so trees broke my fall, but it didn't stop me from getting a broken arm and a few cracked ribs. I blacked out on impact as well. I was woken the next morning by a paramedic. A hiker had found me and called for help. I never found the Mothman again, no matter how hard I looked. The men in black now are a lot less civil towards me, and I still have the scars from where the Mothman grabbed me. I'm not quite sure what to do about him. I'm writing this a few hours after the last paragraph, and speak of the devil, as I'm writing, there was a knock at my door. I saw the familiar black sunglasses and suits. Hello, Mr. Ulysses. We work for the Federal Bureau of... Cut the shit. I know what you are. Now why are you here? The leader of the duo of men in black removed his sunglasses, revealing those beady red eyes. You're a clever one. I pulled a cigarette out the pack of Mulberts and gestured as if to offer him one. No thank you. It's thanks. Yes, of course. He smiled politely. Normally you guys are trying to kill me. Can we wrap this up? I said, impatient as I lit the cigarette. His smile wavered as he continued. We're here to tell you to forget what you saw in those woods. The crier? Indeed. Forget what you saw. Forget you saw it. I avoided eye contact with the pale bastard as I exhaled smoke. And why should I do that? You wouldn't want it to find your mother now, would you? This made me pause. Is that a threat? It's not anything, Ulysses. Do not investigate it. That's our jurisdiction, not yours. I slammed the door in his face. Why were they trying to shut me up about the crier? I had no intentions to tell anyone. But that's not the point. It's confusing, to say the least. Anyway, that's all I have for now. Ulysses, out. A Guide from a Monster Hunter, Part 6. Let's get straight into that. First off, fuck nuclear radiation. This is Ulysses here, and I have a doozy of a story to tell. I went on a hunt for a Wendigo in a Nevada desert. Boy, I wish it was just a Wendigo. I have been making my way back to civilization for about three days. And now that I'm in place that is safe, I'm typing this up. It all began after the last post. If you remember, I had much to share in the way of new stories. Well, I do now. There had been brutal animal attacks along a stretch of road in the Nevada desert that I can't legally name. From descriptions and eyewitness reports, I narrowed it down to the Wendigo. It fits their MO and their usual hunting grounds. I called in a favour and had that part of the road closed off for maintenance. That was the excuse we gave others. I even had some undercover agents pose as road workers. They knew what we were dealing with, or at least they did as far as the Wendigos go. The skinny bastards made their first attack at dusk. A guy, his name was Tim, I think, who was smoking a cigarette by himself and got his throat ripped out. He barely heard his screams because he was drowning in his own blood. When I arrived, the Wendigo was already feasting on his innards. Before I attacked it, though, I was thrown off. This was no normal Wendigo. I was hideously deformed. Well, more than usual. 
It had three sets of antlers instead of the normal two. It had teeth forming in its neck. Its hair was patchy, revealing tumorous skin beneath it. Not to mention, it had a third eye on its cheek. It turned and hissed at me, leaping off its lunch and stalking towards me. I noticed it walked with a limp, as one of its legs was actually shorter than the other. Drawing my gun, I put three bullets in its chest, right in the heart. It felt dead, and before I burned the body, I got a closer look. Its pale skin was horribly diseased. The patchy hair down its back had revealed tumours, sure, but the rest of it wasn't much better. I shine my flashlight on it, and another hunter, a Russian fellow named Vladimir, smelling of booze and cheap cologne, walked up behind me. Vendigo? he asked. Yep. Say, have you ever seen one like this? I stood and shined the light on it. Yes, but only from one location. Pripyat. I looked at him. Apologies. You Americans probably know it better as Chernobyl. It wasn't Vendigo, but it was like this. We burned the body, and then we waited. There could have been more Wendigos in the area, and the smell of their brethren's burning carcass would likely draw them in. And sure enough, within an hour or so, I smelled rotten meat. A Wendigo pounced on me out of the darkness. It was much bigger than any Wendigo I'd encountered. About seven or eight feet tall, its teeth were horribly rotten, with several poking out of its gum line. I shoved the skinny fucker off of me and got a look at the full beast. It had seven fingers on one hand and five on the other. Its skin wasn't pale but an oily black, and its normal skull-shaped head was warped, looking half like a deer skull and half like a human, with misshapen antlers on its neck. Its hair was almost completely fallen out, revealing bubbling tumours beneath, and I realised then that these poor bastards were normal Wendigo. They must have been mutated by the nuclear tests of the 50s in Nevada. Whatever the case, it didn't look happy with me. I fired off two rounds into its heart, but that did little more than stun it. It ran at me again, and I quickly drew my knife as it tackled me to the ground. It bit a chunk out of my shoulder, but before it could do more... I plunged the knife into its heart. I pushed its now limp body off of me and covered it in gasoline. As I got ready to light the match, I saw another watching out my eye. It was about the size of a child. I had taken to calling the young Wendigo Wendlings. They weren't nearly as vicious as their parents, but would be when they got bigger. Just like the rest, its skin had tumours. It feebly walked towards me, sniffing at the fallen Wendigo before me. It looked at me with the eyes of an intelligent creature, but it was still wrong. It looked like it had a nasty case of scoliosis, as its spine was bent all out of shape. It had a thumb growing in its forehead, and far too many fingers on its hands. Sighing, I reloaded a pistol and put a bullet in its chest. As the bodies burned, it dawned on me that these guys were probably in a lot of pain, and they were doing what animals in pain did, lash out. The Wendling had probably been retarded as far as Wendigos go. And no, I'm not using that in an insulting way. There was no way its brain was fully developed. Radiation had clearly mutated these poor bastards. Insert some shit about 
man being the real monsters here. I called to confirm the Wendigo sightings and was told to stay put with the rest of the crew until daybreak. I saw Vlad getting shit-faced and decided to join him. You know, Ulysses, he drank a gulp of his vodka. The American government may be shit, but... You know what? I forgot where I was going with that. I nodded and took a swig from the bottle. I heard a sudden scream. I ran over and saw a pack of mutated vampires had descended on the camp. Unlike the ones I had encountered previously, these guys were completely blind. Their eyes were milky white, some had dislodged jaws like snakes, and others had eyes growing on their torsos, milky white as well. Their skin was very in shades of black, grey and blue. Their teeth were more like barbs than regular fangs. But they were vampires regardless. The feral bloodsuckers circled in on me and I honestly almost shit myself. Like I saw my life flashing before my eyes. Vlad ran through the pack, splitting them like the Red Sea with an improvised torch using a bandana, a stick and vodka. The creatures, sensing the heat of flames, hissed and backed up. Ugly fuckers. I heard him curse to himself in Russian. And did I mention I picked up some Russian from my travels? Needed something to do with the long drives. Ulysses, stay close to the flames. Even when blind, these fuckers hate it. He shooed them back as we made our way back to the truck. Every time one got too close, he scattered away with a torch. We got in the truck and locked the doors. We radioed in for some backup, too many for just us to take on. We kept the lights on all night, and neither of us slept. The battery died before sunrise, but I think they forgot about us. They never left the truck, though. They banged on it, crawled on it, and when the sun came up, they scattered. We took the opportunity to hightail it out of there. We walked down the empty stretch of road for three days. When we got back and I radioed in, we found that a call for backup had never really came through. We kept the fires burning hot during the nights. The mutant vampires were still out there and there was no telling how big their colony was. Right now, I'm in some shitty hotel in Reno. No idea what happened to Vlad. All I do know is they sent more hunters to find the vampires' den. The Wendigos, well, we aren't really sure if they are still out there. One thing I didn't mention was I heard the wailing of the crier one night. Vlad didn't even so much as budge, snoring heavily, but the wailing of that thing sounded in the distance. I knew it was hunting me, but nothing I could do now. Anyway, that's all I have time for now. This has been Ulysses. A Guide from a Monster Hunter Part 7 the final. Let's get straight into that. Hi there, Ulysses here, and this will be the final volume of my guide. I've taught you all how to deal with things from the men in black to nuclear mutants to wendigos to vampires, but today, in our final lesson, I'll teach you how to deal with the most dangerous of them all. This monster knows no mercy for others of its kind or its prey. Dozens have fallen to them, and this monster, of course, is one we call man. 
see why all of these things kill man. They do that of what just comes natural to them. We're the ones hunting them to near extinction. And so today, we learn how to best man. But first, a story. After the nuclear vampire incident, huh, that would make a great band name, side note. I was put on leave, as was Vladimir. The bosses didn't like the idea of radiated, mutated killing machines in the Nevada desert, and so they sent in a death squad to clean up the mess. That's when it dawned on me. See, these things were not pleasant, sure, but we made them that way. They were just offended themselves, and we made them mutants. Did I ever tell you I actually had a partner? Dude was a vet of this business, went by the name of Helsing. Went missing not too long ago. Investigated some cursed channel or something. Not important. I'm rambling, aren't I? Back to the story. After the job in a desert, I started having dreams. Vivid ones. A voice from a pit speaking to me and disfigured men. Looked like they were fused together. One of them, who wasn't fused to anyone else, had a really fucked up back. The rest seemed to be gathered around him. Find me, he spoke, then kicked me into the pit. I didn't die, though. Instead, I found myself face to face with something. It stood like a man, but its face was a mass of writhing vines and thorns. It took a branch-like finger and, grabbing my arm, carved coordinates into my arm. It spoke like a thousand voices at once. Find us! It was then I woke up, my knife in my hand. I felt a stinging in my arm and saw the numbers. I won't give them away, but something told me I should go. Not a good idea, Chief, a familiar tone said, as I got in the truck to drive to the coordinates using that Google thing. A teenage boy with long black hair, a horribly scarred left hand with a snake tattoo on the same arm, and fiery red eyes shone from the driver's seat. Let me guess, one of yours? I said, looking at the devil beside me. No, actually, Dad and I don't know what the hell it is, to be honest. But trust me, you don't want to go to those coordinates. You won't come back. I raised an eyebrow and said, Oh, fuck off. You're literally the Prince of Lies. He sighed and with a puff of smoke, vanished. When I arrived to the coordinates, I found a hatch. Nothing fancy, just a hatch. It was padlocked shut, but a few hits from a sledgehammer fixed that. Climbing down the hole, which had a ladder inside, I noticed old blood covering it, not to mention body parts. A faint moaning from below. I heard the hatch swing shut. I climbed back up, but couldn't open it. The thing couldn't be opened from the inside. Shining my flashlight around as I hit the bottom of the ladder, the first thing I noticed was the smell of death. Rotting, bloody flesh. Like something had been dead for a while. The halls around me stretched for miles, it seemed. The faint hum of dying fluorescent lights filled the air, and I wandered down a series of hallways for a bit, with no real destination. I stopped when I saw a room full of medical equipment. Experiment chamber number one sign next to it read. I walked in and shined my light around the dimly lit room. Papers and blood were scattered about. 
a blood-splattered clipboard on a table caught my eye. Project Lovecraft. I questioned reading it. Some kind of government experiment? Maybe. I threw it down and heard something behind me. A starving man in a lab coat came out of a near cabinet, swinging a fire axe. Whoa, easy there, Doc. I yelled, jumping as he swung an axe into the table beside me. Who, who are you? How did you get down here? Before I could respond, he cut me off. We need to leave this place, now, before they find us. They? The 89A? He began to shove me along, but I easily stopped that, seeing as he looked like he hadn't eaten days. What the fuck are you talking about? Okay, just trust me. You don't want to find out. Just then, a hand scuttled in. He froze and, yes, I said, a hand. Don't move. That one can't see us. He whispered, but I ignored it. I grabbed the axe and split the fucker between the fingers. Didn't need to know what it was and to know that that thing wasn't natural. It kept moving though. The gash quickly healed and it grew. Uh, an eye? In the wound. Shit! Shit! The crazy fucker in the lab coat panicked. I heard an inhuman scream from somewhere nearby. And that was the last thing I remembered. I woke up being dragged by two things. They looked like at one time they were human, but now they were all wrong. They were writhing masses of limbs, eyes and teeth. They threw me into a room with others. People who weren't dead, but very sick. Rashes were spreading, and I quickly looked around for my phone. Had to keep you guys updated with this stuff, if nothing else. It could help to figure out how to kill these things. Maybe another hunter could stop them. After I asked around, I pieced together what had happened down here. Most of them had been brought here by something telling them to come. But the ones who were here before all hell broke loose? They told me a lot. This was a government bunker. And those things were man-made. They had been running some kind of experiment to make super soldiers. One got out and, well, that's how they got here. They turned others through bites like zombies but also merged with each other. They were bulletproof, fast as hell, and had regenerative abilities. The hand I saw was a scout for them. They had been hunting anyone who came down here. What can we do then? I finally asked. Wait to be eaten or turned, an infected scientist mumbled. Why haven't they bitten me then? I asked him, and he looked up, looking surprised. They haven't? I can help, a voice said from the corner. From the burned hand and snake tattoo, I knew who it was, but didn't acknowledge his true identity. His name tag read L. Cipher. Well, I said, I can blow this whole place to home and back. What does that even mean? One of the infected said, and I replied, Don't ask. But no, we need to get these people out of here. Can't be done. Broken man won't let us. Another mumbled. Broken man? A scientist laughed. The escaped subject, patient fucking zero. He controls the rest. Found the notes of our head researcher before he fully turned. <sighs> I sighed and made a decision. 
counted my bullets, 12 in total. I cocked my gun and sighed again. <sighs> okay, I have an idea. With that, I walked around the room and executed all of the infected. They were too weak to do anything but watch. Honestly, I had two bullets left. A man-made monster. I turned to Cypher, whose body, despite having a bullet in the frame, was still fully conscious. Being the devil would do that. I told you not to come here. Shut up and tell me where this broken man is. After receiving instructions from him, I heard the door unlock as he snapped his fingers. Might want to leave quick. These guys won't stay dead. I nodded. I made my way down the maze of labs, hallways and blood-soaked bunk areas. I avoided the fleshy fucks and noticed less wall and more flesh as I approached the den of the broken man. And then I heard it. The crying of a baby. On cue, the cry had descended from above me, but stopped. It turned its head, and a normal human man approached it, but something was off. The dude had a nasty case of scoliosis, it looked like. He patted his head and spoke to it in an unknown language. I didn't hesitate to put a bullet between his eyes, but he didn't much flinch. Instead, he cocked his head and spoke again in that language. He grabbed me by the neck, nearly crushing my windpipe. He threw me to the wall, as hands clasped out from inside of it, holding me down. I could feel them biting me. Yes, the hands were biting me. And he, wearing a smile, approached me. Why must the Chosen One always fight back? He said something, again in the language, and they let me go. Before I could do anything else, I passed out. I'm in an unknown part of the facility. There's a rash spreading. I know I'm dying. I'm posting this just to say goodbye. And to say, fuck humanity. And also to tell the devil, if you see him, he owes me $12. He'll know. I have my gun to my temple. My final lesson is that to kill man. It's simple. Just stop them from being human. This is... Ulysses, for the last time, signing off. Wow, wow. Absolutely awesome. Heart racing stuff there, So Lonely 200. Once again, thank you so, so much for allowing me to work with you and uh, bring this wonderful story to everybody here on the show. As ever, guys and girls, you know the drill by now. Please do let us know down below in the comments what you thought. Please do like and share. It really, really does help build the channel and our community further. And of course, don't forget to hashtag Team Fear and be safe, not sorry. If you haven't subscribed to DMT, what are you waiting for? Smash that subscribe button and throat punch the notification bell to stay up to date with all DMT Forest of Fear posts and videos if you yourself have a true or fictional story you'd like to feature here on the channel with us all you can do so by getting that over to me at the website which of course is www.dmtforestoffear.com I hope you're all looking forward to the Halloween week run up as much as I am 
Lots in store for you, lots planned. And above all, I hope you're well and happy. And remember, be safe, not sorry.